Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Grad Cracker webinar and I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Toyota. As I'm sure you all know, Toyota is one of the world's largest automotive manufacturers. They operate in over 60 countries across the globe and employ over 300,000 people. But what is it really like to work for Toyota in the UK? Today we're going to be joined by students and graduates on their schemes to tell you just that. Right now, Toyota are open to applications for their graduate and industrial placement schemes, so make sure you head to their Gradcracker company hub after this webinar to get those applications in. Before we dive into meeting our students and grads, I'd like to introduce you to Rubica, who looks after the recruitment at Toyota. So hi Rubica, thank you for joining us today. Hi, uh, thank uh, you. Um, could you start by telling our audience a little bit more about your role? Yeah, sure. So I'm a graduate, so I'm just coming to the end of my graduate scheme. And I joined in September 2020 as a HR graduate within the organisation planning and resourcing scheme. Um, so this is basically to do with kind of company succession planning and then the resourcing side is kind of the recruitment side, which is where I'm focused in. And so my main role is within the recruitment, looking after the graduate and placement scheme from application stage all the way to the onboarding. Fantastic. So all the way through the recruitment process, people will be getting to know you and um, you'll be kind of the point of contact. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Um, so everyone remember that. Remember Rupert's <laughs> name and remember that you've seen it today. <laughs> um, so can you tell our audience a little bit more about Toyota in the UK and what you do? Yeah, sure. So we've got two manufacturing plants within the UK. So we've got our main site at Burniston within Derby, and that's where we're currently manufacturing vehicles and we're currently producing a Corolla. Mm -hmm. We also have a business revenue centre where we make kind of modifications and the kind of aftercar to cars, to cars as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then we've got our D side plant, uh, which is our engine manufacturing plant. So a slightly smaller plant, but um, we make just as many um, kind of engines then we export those worldwide just as we export the Corolla worldwide as well. So we've got about two and a half thousand people working at Burnathan and about 500 people working at Deanside. Okay, fantastic. Um, and all the graduates who have joined us today um, are at the Burnathan site, aren't they? Yeah. But you do have some roles open right now for Deanside as well as Burnathan. Yes, we have both graduate and placement opportunities at both of our sites. Um, and regardless of the site that you'll be in, you'll all be part of one big network and cohort as well coming in as and you'll be doing kind of learning and development courses. Fantastic. And um, can you tell us a little bit more about the individual schemes that, you, that you're offering this year, Rubika? Yeah. Um, so at the moment, um, we've got live quite a few different vacancies. Our first one's kind of an engineering scheme, mm -hmm. and that is available for both students, so for placements and for graduates as well. And um, we've got uh, opportunities available at both Burnison and Deeside. We have usually... So we usually only hire for a September intake, but this year we have got some starts in January. So mm -hmm. if you have already graduated, then um, that is possible to start a little bit earlier in January mm -hmm. instead of September. But in terms of the engineering scheme itself, it is a specialist position. So you'll be coming into one of our main manufacturing areas. This could be press, could be weld, could be paint, plastics, assembly, quality assurance, or potentially even the business revenue center as well, mm -hmm. um, or our facilities department. And you'll be based there with it for the two years of the scheme, um, being involved in various projects. 
and you'll also have learning and development courses we mentioned that you'll be doing alongside your engineering scheme um so we have got a couple of engineering graduates they can tell you probably a little bit more about yeah. the specific <laughs> kind of projects and things that are involved and the particular kind of um specialist positions that we've got available so for example we've got kind of systems engineering we've got mechanical engineering electrical engineering um or kind of maintenance engineering so there are mm -hmm. different streams of engineering here as well fantastic so thank you of, so much Oh, that's right. yeah. that's the engineering scheme but we've also then got kind of production control um mm -hmm. human resources um and at the moment we've also got finance and purchasing so finance and purchasing placement and finance graduate schemes um so production control tom's probably told you a little bit more about in terms of hr um that's kind of more um it might not be as relevant for some of our students but if you have done kind of maths background or even business that's something that you could go into Great. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And all of those roles right now are open on the Grad Cracker Hub um, for the engineering, production control and finance and purchasing schemes. So what we're going to do now is um, dive over to meet our, the rest of our panel. So, Tom, we're going to start with you. Please, could you tell us where you went to university, what you studied and what your job title is now? OK. Hi, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm Tom. I, uh, I went to Cardiff University where I did economics with an industrial placement year. And I, I graduated last year. Um, and I've now been at Toyota in the sort of PC production control department um, in the Burnison office. Thank you very much. And Amal, same to you. Could you tell us where you went to uni, um, what you studied and what your job title is now? Okay. Um, hi, um, I'm Amal. I studied chemical engineering with a year in industry at the University of Sheffield and I'm currently working in paint shop as an engineer. Fantastic. Um, over to you, Joe. Can you tell us all about yourself? Yep. Hi, everyone. Um, so I studied at the University of Cambridge, uh, where I did mechanical and aerospace engineering, and I'm now an engineer in the assembly division at Team UK. Fantastic. And Josh, finally, um, can you tell everyone a little bit about your background? Yeah, sure. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Josh. I'm currently at University of Nottingham studying mechanical engineering and I'm on placement in the quality assurance division. Brilliant. And you're going back to university in the next few weeks, aren't you, Josh? Yes. Yeah. Returning back to university. Yeah. <laughs> great so yeah so you can give us a good overview of the, of the placement year and your experiences so far so that's great um I mean you've all done slightly different things you've all come from a range of universities so it's going to be really interesting to get to know you all a bit better as we go through um I think Jess you're going to have a bit of a chat with everyone now aren't you yes that's okay so, yeah. um, so you've mentioned your job titles um but I'd like to find out a bit more about what you actually do and what the department's like that you work in what the team's like and everything like that so Josh I'm going to come to you if that's okay Okay, first. So tell us a little bit about your placement and um, what you've experienced so far and, you know, how life has been for the last year or so for you. Sure. Um, so I'm in the systems and innovation uh, section within QA. Uh, we're mainly responsible for maintaining uh, digital systems around the uh, production line, not just within QA, but also within other uh, shops like assembly for example um, but also innovating new technology uh, so introducing new AI systems um, such as for uh, vision so vehicle inspection um, but also digitalizing some paper-based processes to improve 
the data uh, engineering side to improve our traceability, secure, uh, security, um, and just get as much automation as possible out of bits of equipment. Brilliant. So tell us a bit about your placement. So it's obviously a year-long placement. Or was it 11 months? Yep. Yeah. Year, uh, year long. Yeah. Yeah, year long. And <laughs> tell us a bit about, um, kind of go back to the start. So you know, again, there'll be students listening now that are thinking, oh, wow, yeah, I'd love to do a year in industry with Toyota. So tell us a bit about what it was like in terms of starting at Toyota and kind of that a bit like Ruby said, about like the onboarding kind of experience. Yeah, sure. Uh, I think definitely since my first day here, everyone's been really supportive. Um, and this this was the first proper engineering job that I'd had outside of some work experience I did over some summers um this was like my first paid engineering role yeah um yeah and the support network here was fantastic you're not expected to know everything of course when you start um they give you the tools that are required to learn on the job and learn about all these different systems um also opportunity to do some training uh, as an example we did some training with a contractor for our AI systems where we mm-hmm. learned how to retrain and build our own uh, AI, uh, which was really useful. Mm-hmm. Um, and going through the placement, you really notice your own professional uh, development and looking back at myself a year ago, uh, mm-hmm. there's a big, a big, big difference. Um, yeah. So yeah, a really good place to work. Well, some of the regular you want to hear. Listeners, yeah, will know how much you know. I am such a huge fan of doing a placement and the benefits. So it's great to see there. You know, it's such a great example that you can you can already see as an individual how you've developed over the last twelve months. So you know, going back to university in September, October, whenever you start, um, you'll be able to hit the ground running, I guess, which is great. So well done, um, Amal. I'm going to come to you next, if that's okay. Uh, similar question: if you could tell us a bit more about your role and your team and what you've been up to. Um, So I'm a paint engineer. My team are responsible for all of the processes within paint. My specific process is ED, which stands for electro deposition. And it's a process that's required for anti-corrosion. So even though I'm a paint engineer, I don't actually do the stuff to do with paint. I am the prep, (laughs) the full paint. Um, And I just, I basically tell people, I make sure that cars don't corrode. Um, (laughs) But my main main responsibilities are like technical escalations for any of the processes. So if anything's going wrong, Mm -hmm. I'm the person to go to and just managing, making sure all the equipment is up to standard working and then smaller projects to basically improve our efficiency and see if there's a better way of doing it. And mm-hmm. Toyota are quite focused on continuous improvement. So they always mention Kaizen and yeah. it is truly embodied throughout throughout Toyota. Everything's always about improving. Is there a better way? Um, is there a more efficient way, cheaper, better quality? Mm-hmm. So just managing projects with that. Amal, can you just explain what Kaizen means? Because I think a lot of our audience won't know what that is. <laughs> I don't either. So. <laughs> <laughs> so Kaizen stands for continuous improvement. So we... We always use Kaizen, so this might be a, a Kaizen project. So it's just about improving it, and that can be in a number of ways. It could be safety, quality, mm-hmm. cost, just any any time. So it's just continuous improvement. We're always looking for okay. a better way, even after like we've completed a project. We think we reflect on that and say, is there a better way we could have approached it, and then just mm-hmm. use those learnings and share across yeah. departments. Fantastic. I think that's a great thing to just have in your life generally, but also is really really great to hear how you how you do that at, at Toyota. I just wanted to jump in here quickly, Jess, and just um, 
when you joined Toyota, when you applied to the engineering scheme, did you know that you were going to end up in paint or how, how did that assignment start? Was it you applied to one scheme and then during the interview process or just just explain how that worked? So when I applied, it was just an, a kind of general graduate engineer. Yeah. Um, and then I think uh, Rubica will probably be able to answer this better than uh, myself. <laughs> but after the assessment centre, I think they kind of match you to what's best suited. So because I come from a chemical engineering background, I think yeah. they thought that paint is like the best place. But I think regardless of where they place you, everyone's so helpful and um, very mm. friendly to help you out. So even if it is something that you're not familiar with, mm. um, you're more than supported to excel in your role. Great. That's a good point there. Um, I've got so many questions there. Rubka, and just, just <laughs> come to you on, on, on that point. Um, you know, how does that system work for you? So, you know, if you do get a candidate and you think, oh, that they would be perfect for that role. Um, and it, it might not be necessarily a role that they were particularly interested in originally, a bit like Amal said, you know, you might not, you know, as a candidate, you might not know much about that area. What kind of support do you give to them at that point to explain to the student? the candidates sorry you know these are the different options and this is where we think you'd fit best so at assessment center we often ask candidates if there's any particular department that they're interested in mm -hmm. um, following this we kind of look at their experience and again as i mentioned like what background they've got so for example chemical engineering is better suited towards kind of paint or plastics and then mm -hmm. at the final interview they're, they're kind of we assign a department and they'll be interviewing for that department at the final interview stage so mm -hmm. at, at that point you have the opportunity to ask the hiring managers there um to have a kind of further discussion in terms of what the role entails what it's like to work within the department mm -hmm. and you get to kind of speak to those senior management people there Fantastic. That's good. You know, that's a that's a great way as well. You know, any students that are listening, you know, think about doing your research then before you apply. Yeah. Have a look at the different areas. Start to think, okay, where could I imagine myself working in? And you know, make sure you do your research on all of them. Um, mm -hmm. And now I'm just going to come back to you. Bit of a again left field question, but what would you say within paint? Because obviously, like you say, your kind of main issues to to stop um, erosion, corrosion, erosion. Corrosion. <laughs> Um, what is the kind of the biggest problem for you how do you like, kind of overcome that and you know what how do you keep your technology kind of to the forefront to, to stop that problem um so a lot of the things that have been implemented a lot of the installations have been from when the plant was kind of founded 30 years 30 yeah. odd years ago so mm -hmm. um it is just seeing what's out there um, and just speaking to people. So we do have contractors and suppliers that come in and tell us like, oh, we have these new filtration systems and trialing them. Um, but at the same time, we need to ensure that there's no impact to the production line. So you have that kind of responsibility of don't ruin anything, but yeah. also try and improve. So you have that constraint of the production line is running whilst you're doing these trials. So um, I think the biggest like, learning curve for me was doing a trial on a, on a live production line and just making sure cars are not, because at the end of the day, we're here to make cars. So mm -hmm. we, we can't impact that in any way. So it's just keeping track of that and just coordinating trials amongst so many different teams because so many people are involved in that process. So mm -hmm. even if you think it's something small, you might have to contact QA, let them know or the process before you or after you, like this is what's happening and just making sure that it, communication is very clear across the different areas 
Yeah. It's almost like a full production, I guess, isn't it? You know, if you want to change something in a cog that's moving so perfectly, you don't yeah. want to mess up the mess it up. Because you've seen it, you know, at other plants, but um, you know, how it, you know, everything is on the move. It is almost that just in time kind of, you know, process, isn't it? So yeah, you don't want to be um, you know, doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. So very interesting. Just a point on that, Jess, we've got a really interesting sort of factory to forecourt um, tab on the Grad Cracker Company Hub for Toyota, which kind of set, shows you all the different areas and and a lot of the things that Emile's just touched upon. You know, there's so many different things happening and it gives you quite a good overview of that if, if, if everyone wants to have a look at that after the webinar. Just to kind of, and also going back to what Rubika was saying about learning about the different departments and where they yeah. might sit, gives you a really good overview of how everything works. Oh, good spot. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks, Soph. Um, so, Joe, come to you. Um, sim, similar question. Uh, tell us a bit about life for you at Toyota. Joe? I think there's a bit of a delay. Joe? Yes. Yeah, sorry. My, can you hear me? I can yes, hear you. I can hear you now. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, yeah, there's... <laughs> There's a, a bit of a, a lag on my computer. Um, so I am so I work within assembly as an engineer. Uh, I've been here for two years. So I'm just coming to the end of my uh, graduate scheme. Um, and going back to Rubica's, going back to Rubica's point, I was quite lucky that in my final interview, I was asked where I'd like to work. So I said either assembly or weld, and it turns out I was being interviewed by the uh, assembly general manager. Um, yeah. So that, that was good. So that's where I've ended up. Um, so I'm with uh, maintenance engineering. So we look specifically at the machines and equipment. Um, so it's ensuring that they're operating at, uh, more than 99% of the time. Um, and it's constantly looking to improve reliability uh, and quality of those machines. Um, so it's extracting data. Um, we then analyze that data to forecast when things are going to need to be refurbished or replaced. Um, and to proactively predict breakdowns or if there has been a breakdown to retrospectively work out what's gone on and get to the root cause of the problem. So it's funny you don't sometimes you just think of the manufacturing of the car yeah. but you don't think about the aftercare and you know you know making sure then those mistakes or errors whatever um, don't happen again. So yes I bet that's a, a super interesting kind of element of the business. So in terms of your two years and have you spent the full two years doing that or have you managed to experience other areas within the business as well? I have. So, so I've been with Assembly Maintenance for two years now. Um, I've done an internal secondment to our quality assurance division, um, where I went around and learned uh, everything about that. Um, and then I'm now just starting to look uh, towards rotation within the business. So whether that be sort of outside of the assembly division or there are other teams within assembly that I could go to. So, for example, there's mass engineering, um, which is involved with more of the, the process related aspects. Um, and the, the tools that are used to build the car. There's Pilot, um, which is new models. So uh, in January of this uh, of next year, we have the uh, 2023 model coming in, which is just a, a refresh of the Corolla. Um, and then there's uh, systems and logistics as well on top of that. So those are different areas within assembly that you can work in. But yeah, I'm just starting to look towards rotation within the business now. That's really exciting. So when you're at the point of, you know, making those decisions, Joe, we're going to talk a bit about training a bit later on, but this question is really more about the support that you get, you know, in terms of, because like you said, there's so many options where you could go next. 
what support do you get in terms of learning what you know would, would be the best route for you or is it really up to you as an individual to make that decision so I have regular uh, one-to-ones with my line manager or my section manager. So we discuss we discuss performance uh, projects that I'm working on, um, stress-related items, whether I'm comfortable, how I'm getting on with work, um, and then also start to talk about the future. So um, we've just recently started to talk about rotations. So I've put together a few ideas of where I think I'll be best suited. The managers. Um, have their own ideas in their head as well and it's matching those two up yeah. um, but there's regular contacts with the, the higher-ups to 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 set those plans in action brilliant that's good it's great that you get that support as well um so thanks joe tom i'm going to come to you um last but not least same question um a bit about a bit about your role okay um yeah so unlike the others i am a specialist i'm not an engineer um so i'm a specialist in pc and my role is really split between two main responsibilities. I've got the vehicle planning side of my role and then the plant management side. Okay. So vehicle planning is more about the long-term big picture planning. So yeah. we're looking at things like how many cars are we building over the next sort of one to three years? Yeah. We're building sort of monthly production plans. Um, so we know which cars are building, what specs they are. Um, and that primarily involves like negotiating with the various shops or negotiating with Toyota Europe yeah. to, to try and sort of agree those figures. And then plant management is very different. It's more sort of in the moment reactionary work. Right. So okay. it's um, we're sort of responding to managing and trying to mitigate any sort of major breakdowns that happen across the plant. So yeah. any impact to weld, for example, might impact paint shop in the future. Yeah. So we're trying to sort of talk talk to all the shops, see how big the problem is, how quickly it can be resolved, mm-hmm. um, and just act as like an information hub for everybody to try and fix it quickly. Wow. So your yeah, got... <laughs> role is, is is quite, you've got that instant stuff, panic, panic, panic. And then there's that kind of forecasting, what could happen in 12 months, what could happen in six months. So it's yeah, exactly. worry, stress, <laughs> the last you know, two years. <laughs> but it, it's, it's, quite, it's quite nice. It gives me a variety of work to do. There's, there's some, yeah. some nice strategic planning that takes place. And then there's the day-to-day sort of putting out fires day as they arise. Yeah, absolutely. So I can imagine it's quite exciting in that sense as well. Tom, you know, when, you know, you're looking at the kind of automotive industry and, you know, there's, there's so much um, change going on within the industry, you know, the, the pressure of doing hybrid, you know, and electric cars and all this. So that kind of element of, the, of, of, of your, if you bring in the business, you know, is, this change, is it an exciting time for you? Can you, you know, start to predict what's going to happen when and is it all falling into place? And how are you helping kind of drive that forward? Yeah, so it's definitely an interesting time. Um, I mean, particularly when we're looking sort of one to three years ahead. I mean, at, mm-hmm. at the moment, we've got things like we're we're phasing out our, our only non-hybrid model currently. So we're, yeah. we're going to be fully hybrid moving forward. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely interesting discussions to trying to talk to Toyota Europe and sales division. Trying to say, okay, where where do we want to be in, in three years' time? Are yeah. we going to build the same model? Are we going to switch models? There's, there's a lot of discussion that goes on. Yeah. Um, but I think for for my role in particular, it's sort of it's mostly sort of trying to trying to optimize how we build and what we build, trying to sort of optimize profitability, for example. Right. Okay. Um, um, interesting. Sorry, Jess. Can I just ask you a question that's kind of outside the, outside of what we've been talking about? But at Burniston, for example. How many Corollas would you produce in a month? 
you know, if you had to give like on a general, on a normal month, like what, what are we looking at? Uh, or, uh, I think off the top of my head, we're building about 220 cars a shift. So maybe 450 a day. Wow. Um, I, I can't do the maths in my head to work that out, but it's no, I can't either. <laughs> a lot, <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. R- so roughly ten thousand a month, I would guess. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking really huge volumes. So your role then in production control is is kind of even more vital because if if something breaks down, that's a huge setback, isn't it? Just on one day. Mm, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Fantastic. Okay. Sorry, Jess. <laughs> no, it's all right. Don't you worry. Um, I'm going to do my rounds again, Josh. I'm going to come back to you. Um, one question I like to ask is the kind of what experience have you had so far with Toyota that has really stood out to you? So, in the last year, what would say be your favorite project that you've been involved in? Um, so one quite interesting project I worked on, uh, it was a digitalization project that we did for one of our inspection processes, uh, in QA, and it was a really good opportunity to, um, get quite stuck in in uh, programming and like uh, user interface development okay. and that kind of thing which I hadn't really done before yeah. um, and uh, yeah it's it's been a project that has a lot of potential now to share not only within the division but plant-wide um, and it's the first time within QA that we've used this system to digitalize a process uh, and it's it's had a lot of benefits uh, in terms of the data that we get out of it and also the reporting um, and it's been really rewarding as well uh, not only because of the skills that I've developed from it but also to see um, how happy the guys are on the line uh, with the system so um, yeah they, they really like it and it's been a really good uh, and rewarding project <laughs> yeah you were, you were super proud of yourself that is really good so in terms of you know again you know le- learning a new skill like programming um you know, again, personally, fantastic, absolute tick, you know, wherever you go in your career next. But is it something which, again, you know, you think you would use in the future? Has it maybe opened up a thought thinking, you know, actually, I'm, I'm quite interested in programming. I could see my career going down that route. Or Yeah, 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 I think so. And I think that's one of the beauties of uh, being at Toyota is you're exposed to so much and such yeah. a wide variety of uh, activities and projects mm-hmm. it really helps you to understand and learn a bit more about yourself and uh, what you enjoy what you don't enjoy so much <laughs> and uh, what you thought you, know, you were going to yeah. enjoy but you don't yeah yeah, yeah exactly and it, it opens up um, maybe some doors that weren't open before you started here and it's certainly given me a better idea as to what I'll be looking for when I come to seeking a grad uh, job Absolutely. Brilliant. Good stuff. Thanks, Josh. Um, Amal, come, come to you. Same question. Favourite project that you've worked on so far? Um, so mine's a little bit different to Josh's, but just before I talk about my project, I just wanted to say when you're on the graduate scheme, um, a oh. part of it is that you do line training. So you actually go on the production line. So okay. just Josh's project is about um, like, because it's actually like about improving that it's really beneficial so like because I've been on the line I know how great of a project that must be because they really really appreciate any kind of improvement because usually it's like a, the same kind of re- repetitive job so yeah um, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so sorry Josh um, sorry if I under- underestimated that because yeah I can imagine that's a really good point you know if you know 
doing something repetitively and if someone comes along and say oh actually you can do it completely different um and you're going to get the same result or even better yeah well done um sorry <laughs> so we digress but um my 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 favorite project that i've worked on so far has been um a project focused on working towards carbon neutrality so it was like a huge energy reduction and it was quite um like when, when we think about it like just if i if i said what the project was specifically it seems quite simple but um it led to have like huge energy reduction so 1.2 million kilowatt hours per year and then because considering how expensive energy is right now um it led to a cost saving of like 76,000 per year so wow. having like ownership of that project and saying like, okay like you know yeah. I did that it was like really yeah. proud for me especially coming out of university and like um putting my name to like a, a project like that so that's probably um the best project that I've worked on and if you think deep, really, it's very similar experiences when you say that in terms of Josh, you know, you've managed to be in control of something, you've changed it, you've seen a problem, and then you've you've almost fixed it, you and your team, and you've said, oh, you know, there you are. And how brilliant is that? Again, it's such mm-hmm. an early stage in your career, you've got that responsibility to do that. And, you know, you yeah. To sort, so it must be super rewarding. Um, yeah. And going back to your point, Josh, as well, you know, to, to make that change you know mm. in a, like saying a cog that's turning so well already and um, so so well done mm. um joe i'm going to come to you next favorite project you've worked on so far yeah uh, i'm afraid i might sound a little similar to josh um but one of the things with placement students and graduates coming into the business is technology is constantly changing and one thing that toyota definitely recognizes is that because of that, graduates and IPs bring in new ideas and mm. new technologies that they can implement to the production line. Um, and we're slowly moving into the, the fourth industrial revolution. So it's all data connectivity, data analysis, um, connected assets. Um, and I've always been quite a techie person. So I think that's why I got placed uh, where I am currently. Um, but Toyota put me on a programming course for the for machine PLCs, which are like the, the brains of the machines. Mm-hmm. Um, and we then use that to extract data from those machines, store it in a database, transfer that data into visualization tools, Power BI, Python, et cetera. Um, so you can then work with that to implement any Kaizens that you have. Um, and again, to, to forecast um, that, that a problem may happen before it even does yeah uh, okay. it's incredible really you think about it they're almost not really cars anymore rather they're all <laughs> moving computers <laughs> well, when you I think think the, the, the corolla itself i think has 50 50 different ecus in it which are sort of little computers that have a specific role for controlling the engine or controlling the the locking system etc mm. so yeah they, they really are um moving computers now yeah they are you know, you think you when you take them to the garage now, you're getting plugged in and it's like <laughs> diagnostics. It's not, you know, well, again, like what it used to be where it's, you know, uh, it's a completely different experience now, isn't it? So in terms of, I always try to ask, and I suppose this is what I was trying to um, angle with you, Tom, in my question earlier. What's the future of the industry looking like? Because, you know, you've all made the point that, you know, you are the the young talent coming into the business. You know, you've got all these, these great new ideas and, you know, you're going to be at the forefront of this technology. So... You know, what is the kind of industry looking like for you, Joe? And where can you see it going? And, you know, what are you most excited about? I think it's, it's very exciting. So, so Toyota's released its 2030 vision for electrification. So they've um, released their vision of all their 
current models, but in an electric format. Um, so that will be coming. Uh, Toys is also well ahead with things like hydrogen. So we never know that might be coming to us. So there will inevitably be some kind of uh, model change um, within a, a matter of years. So that would be a, an exciting time. Um, but because of that, they're rapidly trying to bring people into the business and upskill so that we have the workforce ready to make that yeah. major change, which is a, a once in a lifetime change. You know, if you think that we've been producing combustion vehicles since 1991 yeah. um, for over 30 for over 30 years, um, the factory will have to go undergo massive, massive change. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there are big, big things coming. Yeah. It's a really exciting time to join then um, yeah. with, with these this change, yeah. And you think it's almost like all elements of the industry has to change because it's from the design to manufacturing and then to, the, you know, the end of the life of the car and then what happens with it after that because, it's again, it's a completely new product now, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, it is just such a... And there's so many industries now that are at, at this forefront of change. So, you know, the grads and students that are listening now, you know, it's such an exciting time to think, mm. yeah, you know, I can be at the forefront of all this. Yeah. Um, so thanks, Joe. Uh, Tom, come to you. Favorite project that you've worked on so far? Yeah. Um, so mine, mine's weird because it, it didn't start as a project initially. Um, it was more a case of I got, I got handed a report to have a look at and try and learn how to do it. Right. And uh, within a couple of weeks, I was sort of questioning why we were doing things the way we did it. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, and obviously, Toyota, <laughs> Toyota likes their, their kaizen. They like to see improvements. Yeah. So um, this, this was sort of looking at how we how we determine where we allocate cars. So it's looking at profitability of countries and where we sell them. Um, but I, I effectively was allowed to propose my, my own new methods for sort of how we determined where we sold cars um, based on sort of more accurate profitability analysis. Um, and I was really allowed to sort of dig, um, dig deep into the, the data analysis side of it. Um, but it's been really good because it, it's put me in communication with sort of different teams across Toyota I've worked with the council finance team. I've worked with, obviously, the rest of production control. Um, but then I've also had the opportunity to work with sort of the European sales planning teams or the yeah. um, the product division team in Toyota uh, Europe. So it's been been really interesting because it's it's given me a lot of exposure to a side of a business I didn't necessarily expect to get as a new starter. Yeah. Um, and being able to sort of have a say in sort of a fairly impactful decision like where we sell cars. Yeah. Um, it's been an interesting journey to be on and it's still ongoing now. Brilliant. So in terms of that, you know, you say it's ongoing still, which is fantastic, but have you kind of suggested your changes now? You know, are people listening to what you've got to say off, off the back of it? Is is change going to happen? <sighs> yeah, I, I think so. So um, yeah. I've gone from presenting this to sort of my manager to sort of directors at Toyota UK. Um, and I'm now sort of working with a couple of people in Toyota Europe to try and implement it into how they do their logic for deciding yes. where cars get sold. Um, so hopefully we can do it in more European scale. Mm. Oh, amazing. Yeah, that's fantastic. Not just the, the project itself, but just the exposure to the number of different people you've had in the business and presenting in front of managers and directors is just a, a fantastic skill to have. And I think quite often we think about the, the technical skills, especially, you know, given that, you know, we focus on STEM and, and the roles that we that we have on Gradcracker. But the soft skills that you gain through a scheme such as the one that Toyota offer um, across production control um, and engineering is 
it's not just all about the technical skills, is it? You know, you, you, the things that you've just been talking about is this presenting, it's understanding data, it's being able to translate that into something that somebody else would understand. Um, and I think those soft skills, we, we can often be underestimated how valuable they are to gain through a graduate programme as well. Mm, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it's just interesting, still a running theme with all of you in terms of being at the... the you know, make, being able to make a change, and, you know, you've got the responsibility to make a change. It's great, mm. isn't it? And um, so next I want to talk a bit about training. And I know you've kind of touched upon this, you know, all of you, but a bit about, you know, what your training has been like. Because sometimes, you know, when you're looking at these opportunities on Grad Cracker, you think, oh gosh, uh, you know, I'm going to need some help, going to need some support. I don't know everything just yet. Um, so what support and what training do you get whilst at Toyota? So Josh, I'm going to come back to you first. Um, and but I'm going to add another question in there. You know, you said that you, when we did our kind of pre-prep call, you know, you said you used Grad Cracker when you were job hunting. And, you know, you've looked at the job description, looked at the company hub on Gradcracker. Did you feel a bit overwhelmed when you look at a job description thinking, you know, I want that training, I want that support? Um, you know, was you a bit anxious when you when you were applying for your placement role? Uh, not, not, not so much when applying, um, but certainly when I started, it's quite uh, overwhelming walking mm-hmm. around and uh, seeing all of the different systems and processes going on. Uh, I think I described it to my supervisor when I started as like an organized chaos um, <laughs> like walk, walking around the factory but um, yeah I mean as well as the support that your team give you and your division give you um, as part of the industrial placement program you have to do um, a few work-based assignments um, that really help with your training mm-hmm. um, the first of which is a personal planning course where you learn how to uh, plan effectively and use uh, Outlook and Teams to plan. Um, second one is uh, Plan, Do, Check, Act, which is like a framework um, that we follow here at Toyota for um, a lot of our project work. And you're encouraged in your work-based assignment to apply those principles to a project you're currently working on. Um, and then a safety assignment as well, where you build up a portfolio of uh, health and safety activity that you've done through the year um, and finally your final presentation which is like an opportunity to showcase everything you've done um, to your team uh, and all of those assignments are followed by a, a report to your manager and a supervisor so a lot of training um, formally and informally on the job. That's really good to know. How did you find you in the presentation? Was you nervous? Uh, yeah, the first one is always nerve-wracking, um, yeah. but sim- similar to Tom, uh, I've had a lot of opportunity to present to uh, the general manager and directors at Team UK as well, uh, so a lot of exposure to presentations and, mm. as you've mentioned, the soft skills that you develop from that are uh, yeah. immense. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's that a skill which no one can take away from you either is, is presenting mm. and it's a great mm. skill to have. So again, another great thing on your CV. So well done, mm-hmm. Josh. Um, Amala, um, similar question in terms of the uh, training kind of experiences you've had so far. Um, so yeah, similar to Josh, we had, we've had like work-based assignments. On the graduate scheme, we also have um, line training, which is six weeks of experience on the production line. Mm-hmm. So I think it uh, usually happens, so you start in September and it usually happens um, start of the year, so around Feb and then 
March as well. So six mm-hmm. weeks on the line and uh, you go into a department and you work physically on the production line and it's re- wow. it's a really eye-opening um, experience. Like, uh, yeah, it's really, really beneficial. I think um, when I was applying for the grad, uh, for, on Gradcracker for this graduate scheme, I think that it has like a, a small description and it is exactly that. So you get real responsibility from day one in your normal role. And then mm-hmm. that line training experience gives you um, just an insight into like what you're trying to improve. You're trying to improve these processes that members mm-hmm. are actually working on. So you're looking, you're, when you're working, you're thinking, okay, how, how can I do from a high level? What can I do in my day-to-day to improve this and make it easier, save time? Um, yeah, and just improve it. So other than the work-based assignment, that Josh has already mentioned we've had a presentation skills one as well so that's just about how to present um and we have so so many opportunities to present that I think now like the nerves are just kind of you're just used to it and it's just normal yeah. to present so <laughs> it, it is a really good experience yeah yeah it well is. none of you seem nervous today so you must have lots of experience <laughs> Joe um same question uh training experiences so far uh, so I think Josh and Amal have already touched on a lot of the learning and development courses that, that you go on. And those mm-hmm. are great because Toyota has a very unique culture that is different to a lot of businesses that, that you'll um, work for in terms of the language that's used, the methodology that's used. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So these courses um, help you to learn that. So there's, there's also Toyota business practices and situational self-leadership. So they all help you to, to build up as a person. Yeah. There's also lots of um, on-the-job development as well. So just being around the the, the language and the methodology um, all day, every day, you just you pick it up. Um, but I would definitely say it's it's a great tip for those that are applying um, to do a bit of research into the Toyota culture, so that you understand what it's mm. like before going into interview, because it is so different to to any mm. other company. We cover that a lot within the company hub, don't we, Sophie? The culture, mm-hmm. business, and everything yeah. else. So again, students listening, don't just go off, run off, and hit apply on these roles. Do your research first. You know, think about the, all the areas that we've discussed, and think, you know, where could I fit? And you know, is Toyota the right organization for me? So brilliant, thanks, Joe. Um, Tom, uh, similar question. Um, anything training experiences? Anything else that you've learned that you think, oh, useful that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I think I think the uh, I think the other guys have, have touched on most of the big ones, but sort of as a more sort of informal uh, sort of form of training. Um, Joe mentioned before about internal secondments. Yeah. So personally, I had um, a sit down with my manager and said, "I'm I'm really interested in learning about this part of the business, um, yeah. sort of outside of my day to day role." So I actually went to Josh's team for two weeks, um, mm. and basically just just had the opportunity to understand what their roles are. How they operate and sort of what their their key areas and responsibilities are. So while it's not sort of formal training, it still it gives you a lot more experience and wider knowledge of how the business operates. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've definitely been able to take some of that back into my role and, and sort of say, well, when I'm talking to these people, I know this is the information they have, or this is the way they like to work. So it really mm-hmm. helps with that sort of interaction between the um, between different departments. 
Yeah, that's great. We we talk a lot about um, you know, when 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 graduates are on these programs about asking, you know, questions and you know, putting yourself in situations. And all of you, you know, by the sounds of it, have done that. And Tom, you've given so many examples in your experiences so far, you know, asking why, you know, mm. be involved in this, you know, you know, asking for that that responsibility. So, you know, students listening, listen to everything that you know everyone said, but Tom, you've you know you've nailed some really good points there, so which is is really, really good. You know, ask why. Don't just settle for, okay, you know, whatever. Yeah, okay, if that's what you say. You know, I say, you know, why is that the case? And, you know, can we change that and can we move forward? So absolutely brilliant. Um, next, I want to talk about the next steps. So what is the future looking like for you? So, um, Josh, again, I'm going to come back to you first. I know you've got, um, you know, going back to university um, uh, ahead of you now, but what is your you know, future looking like for you? Can you imagine your career now at Toyota um, or because of the experience, are you thinking something completely different coming out of the automotive sector? Uh, to be honest, I'm not too sure where my head's at, um, okay. but I could definitely see myself back at Toyota. Um, yeah, and I've uh, been lucky enough to have an offer for a final interview. Um, yeah, well done. So fast track through the uh, applicant process, which is really positive. Um, yeah, it's definitely opened up. My experience here has definitely opened up some other avenues uh, that perhaps I'd like to explore. Um, and really one of my goals of this year was to understand a bit more about what I'd like out of my own career Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's definitely helped me to achieve that yeah absolutely and and again you know not to take away from Toyota but again it's this is why doing a placement is so beneficial isn't it Josh you know you've just said there it gives you that time to think what do I want as well as gaining that you know that knowledge and that technical knowledge as well of of being an industry so absolutely fantastic um, Amal, um, similar question. If you had a crystal ball, what would your <laughs> five years look like? Can you um, so I think, well, I don't know about the next five years, but I think near future, my graduate scheme finishes. So the graduate scheme is two years and I've just finished my one year and it's gone really quickly. So um, when you do apply in, like to the students and graduates, like it goes super fast and um, just enjoying it, just getting that experience. So I think after the graduate scheme finishes they just roll you off into your role so you don't have to apply you don't apply for a specific role you just kind of stay on um so which is really kind of daunting because you think oh am I like you start to question yourself like am I am I like an imposter or something um but (laughs) it is really good so I'd rotate onto another process within paint um and Mm -hmm. just develop that knowledge across the paint shop but I think there is opportunity to move if, if you wanted to. You just kind of have to express that to your manager and mm-hmm. move on. But so far, I think right now I'm enjoying where I am and just get, enjoying that responsibility. So um, hopefully just stay in my area. <laughs> so is it official with you guys after the two years? Do you shake the word graduate out of your job title then after that? Are you still? Oh, so, yeah, serious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I feel like that graduate doesn't kind of hinder you in any way because you have so much yeah. responsibility from day one, which is very surprised. I think that was like the biggest shock for me, how much responsibility you have as a graduate. Yeah, because um, yeah, you and automatically assume that it wouldn't it wouldn't be that way. And yeah, and again, all of you have touched upon that. Yeah, you know, Josh, you've been there for you know a year, and as a, you know, again, students might think of it. Do you get that responsibility as a year in industry student? Are they going to you know put you at the forefront of stuff? But all of you have said the same thing that you know mm. you, you get that responsibility, which is great. Um, Joe, coming to you, um, handed the crystal ball to you. 
What's it looking like? Yes. So, so as I mentioned at the beginning, so I'm just coming up to the end of my graduate scheme. So at uh, the start of October, um, I've transitioned to become an engineer. So I'll still be within assembly maintenance working on the same projects. Um, we've had a bit of rotation within the team recently, just in terms of job roles. Um, I think the next step is uh, rotating into perhaps a different team within assembly, focusing on uh, digitalization and innovation. Um, and then eventually there's uh, the potential for an external secondment. So with Toyota being a, a global company with more than 300,000 employees, there's a possibility to do like a, a six month, one year, two year, three year secondment to somewhere in Europe. So we have factories in uh, France, Czech, um, headquarters in Brussels, or even over to Japan, uh, if oh. you fancy it. So uh, I'm glad you've mentioned that, that Joe, because... Tom, you mentioned about secondment, wasn't it? And it, that question ran through my mind. So, yeah, that's a really, really good point. So there is that chance to do that, is there? Um, and what can you select a time period that you'd be out there for? Could you say a year, six months, or could you do shorter than so that? The, so the, the opportunities come up and they're advertised and then you can put yourself forward for it uh, mm -hmm. or you can speak to your managers and suggest that you're open to secondment and they'll come to you when an opportunity uh, arises. Um, so yeah, you just have to keep an eye open for them and, and there's lots of opportunity to travel. Fantastic. And is there support in terms of, you know, wanting to travel, relocate? Do you get that? Yes, yeah. So um, the, the the benefits for doing an external comment are great. Um, uh, I don't know whether Rubica can um, mm -hmm. give some more details on this, but I believe it's, uh, accommodation paid for whilst you're out there, a uh, company car. Um, I don't know if you can add to that, Rubica. Yeah, so it does depend on where you're going, but that it's fully supported. So in terms of mm -hmm. getting you there, if you need visits back to the UK, um, as Jay mentioned, like if you do need a company car or kind of help with housing, um, it is fully supported. Brilliant. And yeah, as Joe mentioned, it's really encouraged nowadays as well. So especially for graduates, I think going forwards, it's going to be something that's really encouraged more and more. It's something our directors are really looking into in terms of kind of us becoming a mobility company. Ooh, so that's a bit of a hint and tip there, I'd say, Rubica, because I think if anyone's <laughs> applying, maybe, you know, stress that in their application or when they're speaking to an interview, they've got the interest to, you know, to, to, to gain that kind of experience of travelling, you know, across the different factories and locations. So a bit of a hint and tip there, I think. Um, Tom, same kind of question, but you can answer that quickly as well. But I also kind of want to cover if there was anyone... If people listening now, what kind of advice would you give them on applying and what would be your pearl of wisdom for the students that are listening about applying to Toyota? Okay. Um, I told you I'd give you a curveball. Applying for Toyota. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a curveball. Um, I, I would say just try, try and highlight any sort of unique skills that you've got. Um, we just had a girl starting our team who's sort of fluent in Turkish. So she's oh. going to be a really useful asset for like the, um, I think she's in the parts management team. So she's sort of talking to the factory in Turkey all the time. Um, but it could, it could be anything, any experience you've got or sort of um, things you've done through university, mm -hmm. just and anything a bit unique to you that you can apply to the business sense, especially in like a global business. Mm. Absolutely. And that's the thing, sometimes it doesn't necessarily have to be relevant to the degree you're studying or the employer that you're applying to. But mm. if it's something a little bit extra that's going to make your application stand out, mention it 
yeah, yeah I think exactly. that leads especially in... as we go into oh. go on. <laughs> sorry especially sort of going into the future and I mean things like um sort of programming skills you if you know yeah. python if you mm -hmm. do data analytics anything like that's going to be appreciated in the future definitely I get another little hint and tip there. So if there's any students thinking, you know, what am I, what I'm going to do, you know, on an evening, <laughs> a bit of Python and <laughs> it's extra skill though, isn't it? It looks great yeah. in your CV. Why not? Um, I don't know why um, this. <laughs> I don't know why you do either. Um, anyway. <laughs> Gonna move, that kind of leads us into, um, I was going to come back to Rubika to talk to you a little bit about the recruitment process. Um, so kind of Jess has led into that nicely with, with Tom's kind of initial hints and tips, but can you give us a quick overview, Rubika, of, of the recruitment process and how that works? Yeah, so in terms of recruitment, um, so you can find our applications on the GradCracker website or our website, and you can apply through that. So the initial stage is in on to create an online application where you kind of upload a CV, there's some basic questions and some vacancy questions in terms of kind of why you want to apply for the position. Mm -hmm. um, it shouldn't take too long to complete, but we do recommend that you spend some time kind of thinking about your responses. Absolutely. Um, and we're looking for kind of in terms of tips, like just making sure you understand the company, the role that you're applying for. So you've got various roles. Um, one of the roles I didn't actually mention was a data science role, mm -hmm. which is a new role for this year. Um, so if anyone who's quite interested in kind of digitalization or technology, that's something that might be worth looking into. Mm -hmm. um, and we've also got engineering opportunities with digitalization as well. Mm -hmm. um, so once you've completed the online application, you then if successful, we progress to online testing. Um, so these are just kind of short cognitive tests as well as the kind of behavioral test. And mm -hmm. then you'll have, an, if you're successful at online testing, you'll be invited in for an assessment center, which will be on site at Berniston. Mm -hmm. um, just give you a feel for our company, um, feel for kind of who we are, but also allows us to kind of understand the candidates as well. So yeah. we think it's really important that we do it on site as opposed to virtual. And then mm -hmm. if you're successful at the assessment center stage, you're then invited in for a final interview around Christmas, maybe January, early January, um, to attend a final interview with the hiring managers. So that'll be within the department. So you Fantastic. have an opportunity to meet senior management there. That's great. That gives everyone a really clear kind of timeline to work towards. So get your applications in now and then potentially by Christmas, January time, you could be meeting the hiring managers, getting offers. Um, so, yeah, so that's um, great. Thank you so much for giving us that mm -hmm. overview. In terms um, of kind of applications, um, we have set the deadline at the end of October, but sometimes yeah. they do close earlier. So mm -hmm. we would advise that you kind of get them in as, as quick as possible. Um, yeah. So just to mention that, um, and yeah, the only yeah. other position that we haven't spoken about much is the finance graduate scheme. But if anyone is interested in that, I'm sure we can get some further information. Yeah, fantastic. Um, I think that's a really good point, and which we always say, isn't it, Jess, when we're doing our presentations, you know, companies like Toyota get lots and lots of applications, so you may well close before the closing date. Everyone here today, I expect you to go straight to the Toyota Company Hub and get your applications in straight away um, because of you know what Rubika just said and also just listening to the amazing stories that we've heard so far. So thank you for that, um, Rubika. Can you give us a little bit of advice? So if you were a student applying um, to your replacement scheme or a graduate scheme with yourselves, what advice would you give them for that? Just that initial application to yeah. make themselves stand out. So in terms of the initial application, I'd say don't rush it. 
yes, you want mm-hmm. to get it in, but don't try and do it just within the day and get it done mm-hmm. um, if you don't have the time to do it. I'd definitely say we see big differences and you can really tell when someone spent five minutes as opposed to, you know, a couple hours doing yeah. their research. Um, so we definitely see a difference there, especially with the kind of vacancy questions. You want to show, you want to, show that you really do understand the company. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd, I'd say research goes a long way. Yeah. Um, and just the kind of understanding of the role. Um, and also if you can get experience, that's really critical as well. So mm-hmm. I know it's been really difficult with COVID yeah. um, trying to get some experience these days, but if you can, that's always really valued, especially on the CV. And we we do go yeah. ask there, would you, when you say experience, are you thinking um, industry experience in the yeah. automotive sector? Yeah, ideally, or some sort of relevant experience. So, for example, if it's finance, it doesn't have to be within the automotive sector. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to, it could be some virtual experience that you've done, or mm-hmm. a course or something to show that, you know, you are really invested in where you want to go. And mm-hmm. some sort of idea of a long term career. Sometimes people don't have that. And that's okay. And yeah. it's okay to say that, you know, you're using this, especially for placements, often that placement is an opportunity to try and, you know, get that experience or try and understand yeah. where they want to go in the future. And so it's absolutely fine to say that. Um, but just if you are a graduate, some sort of idea of kind of what it is that you want from your career, or why mm-hmm. you're applying to Toyota. Um, mm-hmm. And same for a placement, just kind of understand the role that it is that you're applying for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Brilliant. Thank you, Rubika. And I think, you know, watching this webinar and everything you've learned today has given you so much ammunition already to put in an amazing application. And like I said, there's so much more information on the Gradcracker Company Hub that you can use to bolster that. Um, So um, our employers do love to hear that you've attended um, these webinars. So do make sure that you kind of mention that in your in your applications. Thank you so much for that, Rubika. What I want to do now is just quickly kind of whiz around our, our panel again, just to see if you've got any kind of tips. I know, obviously, Tom, we've, we've kind of spoken to you briefly on, on what you would advise. Um, but Amal, if you could talk to yourself a couple of years ago and you were in the process of applying, what advice would you would you give yourself? Um, I'd say just generally that I, like try a lot of things, because even if mm-hmm. you don't enjoy it, then you've just learned a little bit more about yourself that like you don't enjoy that particular thing. So even mm-hmm. a bad experience is in you just kind of reframe it to think it is a good experience because you yeah. understood more about what you want to do and what your future might look like and might not involve. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just try different things and as, as many things as possible, really. <laughs> Yes. Great. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, and Joe, um, before starting at Toyota, is there anything that you wish that you had known before like joining the graduate scheme? I think uh, it's quite a tough, a tough one to answer. I think mm-hmm. the main one is just um, the, all the lingo, all the, the Toyota yeah. lingo. So uh, it is a lot when you first come in, although they, they do literally give you a list and then sort of like a, a, what each one means. Um, but I wish I'd done a bit more research into that beforehand and the different terms that Toyota use um, yeah. on a, a day-to-day basis. So Kaizen, there's Genshi Genbutsu, which is go look see. So, you know, you go right to the, the heart of the process and all the, yeah. the, the lingo like that. Brilliant. Um, and Josh, if you could talk to the placement students directly, what would you say to them um, if they're thinking about applying to one of the Toyota's placement opportunities? Uh, go for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yay! Uh, it's, a, it's a really good uh, opportunity. Um, and yeah, just a hint for the 
interview and assessment center it's really important to demonstrate your own self-alignment with the Toyota values so mm-hmm. whether that's Kaizen um, you know are you someone that always looks to continuously improve something um, and get give some examples of how you've done that from your own life experience it doesn't need to be work related it could be absolutely anything um, mm-hmm. it will already benefit you in the interview yeah brilliant that's a really good one I think yeah that continuous improvement has been something that's been touched upon by all of you um and it's obviously something that's really really kind of inherent to the whole um Toyota culture so that's um that's a really good one Josh thank you um it's been so lovely hearing from you all today about your different experiences I think one of the things that's really stood out for me is just how different your roles are although you're all working in the same place you're all doing very very different things you've all had such a wide range of different experiences um across the business and and the opportunity to work with so many different people as well um I think even as myself I've worked with Toyota for a good few years now and you know have had many chats with Rubica over the years um but I think just hearing it straight from, from from you from your experiences on the graduate and placement scheme has really kind of opened my eyes to the to the type of things that students can do and I think some of the the advice we've had today has been absolutely invaluable for our student audience so thank you so much um the recording of this webinar will be available for all of our students to watch tomorrow on the Toyota Company Hub and on the grad, in the Gradcracker Career Centre. And we'll also break this down to kind of bite-sized um, chunks, highlights for, for our audience to re-watch and share as well. Um, remember, I did touch upon this, but our employers do love it when you tell them that you've watched their webinar, as I know that means that you've already got a good understanding of their company and it shows you have a real interest in working for them. So make sure you head over to the Toyota Company Hub right now, get your applications in and let them know that you're at this webinar. Next week, I'm going to be joined by Carla and we will be talking to Roche, a leading global healthcare company, and you can register your interest to attend that webinar in the Gradcraft Career Centre. So once again, thank you so much from everybody from Toyota and we'll see you all next week. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.